All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode number 77 of Sports Cards Live. Today is January the 27th. My name is Jeremy Lee, and let's get to it. But before we do, I want to thank last Saturday's guest, Brad Hartland from PSA Canada. I also want to thank my After Hours guest, was another Brad from the Comeback Card Investor. Those episodes live on the YouTube channel. Be sure to check them out. I want to let you guys know this Saturday, my guest will be Brett McGrath from the Stacking Slabs podcast. And my after hours guest will be Chris from Vegas Find 777 YouTube channel. Check out those episodes coming up on Saturday. Looking forward to doing them. I want to let you all know we have recently surpassed, actually on Saturday, we surpassed 2,000 subscribers on the channel. I want to thank everybody for that. That's awesome. Some great numbers there. Really excited for that. Want to welcome any new viewers we have tonight. And I want to thank Edward, my guest, for publicizing that he was coming on and letting people know. And if you came here because of him, I welcome you to the channel. I ask you to subscribe to the channel. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Be sure to follow on Instagram, the big three sports cards at the big three hockey. They're on the ticker right now. These guys showcase some of the finest singles in the hobby. Give them a follow on Instagram. Tonight, at the end of the episode, we will be doing the Sports Cards Live 5 with Edward, as well as the PC card of the day, where I share a card from my personal collection that relates somewhat to my guest, and I think he's going to like this card. As always, tonight, your comments and your questions are in play, so do not be shy. Okay, let's get to tonight's guest. He started collecting in 1984 when his cousin was working at Tops and gave him a set of Tops 1984 Tops baseball. He was hooked with on those. He went on to promote shows even had Ken Griffey Jr. appear at one of them. He's a diehard fan of the New York Jets, Knicks, Yankees, and Rangers. He loves Mark Messier and Joe Namath, originally from New York, now living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Let's bring him out. Edward Siegel, welcome to episode 77, Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, my man? We are live on the Sports Card Live show here. Uh, really live on YouTube. And I think this is my first time live on YouTube. And uh, man, is that fitting. You run a Sports Card Live show. And our main intro is uh, live from InvestaCard. So it's a match made in heaven. Perfect, man. Well, hey, listen, it's it is the the branding is on. It's great to have you. I've I've enjoyed watching you on your Instagram lives. You you have a you have a big personality, a great character going on. The branding seems Jeremy, to be. Jeremy, I, I I hate that we're running into a a Wi-Fi issue here. Can't hear you. So let's. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna log back in and I'm gonna log back in. Sounds good. Sounds good. Go ahead, we'll Edward. Right Go back. ahead. We'll get. We'll get Edward back here in a few minutes, everybody. Sorry about that. We got Rondell with us tonight. It is bonus Wednesday. We're just doing Saturday shows really lately since the end of November, guys. But I wanted to get Edward on tonight because he's recently partnered with Marcus Limonis from CNBC's The Profit, one of my favorite shows. I'm serious when I say that. This guy is amazing. And I wanted to bring Edward on to come and talk about that partnership and to learn a little bit about the Investicard platform. While I've seen the branding and I've seen Edward out and about, I'm just not that familiar with what Investicard is. And I thought, what a great opportunity to educate myself on it and to bring out, uh, really to educate everybody else who, who's going to be watching. So I'm excited to get him back. I'm sure he'll be back with us in just a couple of seconds. i also let you guys know that uh, there he is. Edward, are you with us now? Can you hear? We are. Uh, yeah, we can hear you good now. All right. Now we're good. Great. Now we're good. Sorry about that. Good stuff. I was just going to mention everybody that uh, 
Edward is going to be doing a giveaway. We're going to be doing a giveaway that we're going to we're going to figure out tonight who's going to um, who's going to win. He's going to be giving away a PSA nine Zion Williamson base prism. So we're going to announce that a little short shortly in terms of how you can win that, and we're going to figure out how to award that. Will probably happen on Saturday night before my Saturday episode of Sports Cards Live. So with all that. Edward, I'm just going to welcome a few people. Make sure your timing is on. Make sure your Wi-Fi is good and you can hear me. And then we're going to get into learning a little about your history and the hobby and business. And we're going to get through it all. So we're going to welcome Alex to the show. Welcome to the show. Jamuel Martinez, welcome. Great to have you. We are live. Investicard, go bro. That must be your brother, Charlie. Good to see you. We got Mark here from Instagram. Terry's in the house. Ricardo, welcome to the show. All right. So listen, Eddie. Edward, it's great to have you, man. As I've said before, I've uh, I've seen you on Instagram. I'm really aware and familiar with your branding, but I wasn't that familiar with what Investicart is, what the platform is all about. And that's why I invited you on to talk about that and also to let us know about your recent partnership with Marcus Limonis from CNBC's The Profit, which is, no word of a lie, probably my favorite show on TV besides The Office, just to give you a little bit of rounded information on what I like to watch on TV. But anyway... Let's get into it, Edward. Tell us a little bit about your history in the hobby and business and kind of what led you to create the Investicard platform. Sure, sure. I appreciate it, Jeremy, for, for having me on here. It's, it's a pleasure. I know I've been watching you and uh, it's definitely a pleasure to come on here and uh, you know share the experience. Um, I, I am the uh, you know CEO and founder of Investicard. We launched a company probably a little less than about two years ago. Uh, I was working in the finance space for about 10 years. Uh, I had a private funding company helping small businesses grow all over the country. Uh, I started that business from scratch, from the ground up, and uh, exited that, uh, that company uh, about a little over about a year ago. Maybe four years before that, though, I started to get back into the hobby and invest in sports cards. I started to read up on some stories uh, that, I'm, that I was seeing online record-breaking prices, you know, on, on certain cards and started, you know, watching certain players. And I saw, just started to see some trends and uh, I thought there was a, a huge opportunity and I saw the, the market sort of come back before it came back. Um, started going to some shows and uh, I started realizing there was a, a true opportunity here uh, with not only with the raw cards going into the grading and the process that it took, but so many people were sitting around with so much, so much cards and to do the whole process and to either sell it on eBay or to get it graded. I thought there was an opportunity there because I experienced the same thing myself, sending in cards for grading and having to take a long time and, you know, covering all the fees and everything else. I saw an opportunity there to, uh, you know, launch a platform to where we can help uh, collectors and invent investors monetize on their sports cards uh, whether it be a low-end card, a mid-range, high-end card, uh, whether it be to someone that really didn't want to go through the whole process of selling it on eBay and dealing with customer service issues, we would create a, a full-service platform to where you can send in your cards, and instead of just you know them selling it raw like at a regular consigner, we would take the cards, get them graded, uh, get them back, service them, uh, market them, sell them, and then get the parties paid super fast. Uh, and we do all of that. Uh, with a in-house um, proprietary system that we built that manages all of this and gives the opportunity for the collector or the investor to track their card 
uh, on its journey from the time that it comes into our building to a time that it gets sent out for grading. Uh, we do all of our grading currently right now exclusively through PSA and all cards go on a five day or 20 day. Um, all the collectors and investors can uh, monitor that and uh, it sort of manages the whole entire portfolio and even breaks down certain data points on, you know, if they sent in a hundred cards, uh, we show them the conversions on how many cards got tens and nines and so on and so forth. Um, all the partners get paid immediately following uh, the item selling on eBay, as long as the, the buyer pays, uh, the payments go out via PayPal. It could go out via ACH. Uh, we, we're integrated with both, you know, an ACH platform as well as as well as PayPal. So it's automated payments. And uh, walking around those shows in, uh, you know, back in 2019 and looking from afar is really where I came up with the investor card idea because I saw a huge opportunity and me being in, you know, in the hobby from a young age and getting out of it, you hear that story all the time. I meet so many guys that just entered in back into the hobby after being in it maybe during the 80s and 90s. Um, so that was exciting for me to be able to build a company where I had a lot of passion for sports cards and sports in general. And if I could build a company and, and hire people, and uh, then that's where, the, uh, that's where the drive comes from. So a little bit of, you know, you know how I got started there. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's several services out there where you can send them your cards, they will sell them for you and you eventually get paid. You know, s simple consignment services. It sounds to me though, like you're taking the service to the next level. You're adding more services to it. You're not just saying, send me your cards, we'll sell them and send you your money back. You're saying, send us your cards. We'll get them graded for you. We'll provide you with a platform. We will sell them for you and then send you your money back no hassles, which is uh, your partners. I get my question that I'll, I'll come from there is, do your partners value that service enough that it covers any fee, the fee structure that you charge and, and so forth? What sort of, what sort of repeat business are you seeing from your from your partners? Yeah. So I think that the retention is pretty high. It's really high. Obviously we're not looking for the like one and done. That's uh, the, I think the, the right partner for us at InvestCard is someone that is in the hobby that is looking to generate extra revenue, uh, you know, take this sports card hustle and generate monthly revenue on a regular basis with this, uh, with with the sports cards. And we saw a huge, we see a huge amount of retention because uh, the goal is to, you know, since the cards take so long to grade, whether it's we're talking a five day could take, you know, three weeks or a twenty day could take three months. Everyone out there that's uh, that's you know listening in. I'm sure has gone through experience or even longer if you're sending in bulk. Um, so the key to, to this is uh, us to teach them and us to build, build a separate revenue stream for them to where they're sending in on a regular basis where they're building up a pipeline and then they start to get uh, submissions back in, you know, on a monthly basis. So that's our perfect, you know, partner. Uh, however, uh, if someone has, you know, two or three, four or five cards, uh, we still welcome it. They can send in as many, as little as one card, as long as the projected value, you know, is there, we'll, uh, we'll sell the card from. Right. So you, you take these raw cards, you assess them, you send them in for grading. You even predict what the grade will be to make sure that you guys feel that they're gradable, that the value will be there. Will you also take my graded cards and sell them for me? Absolutely. hundred percent. We're a, you know, hundred percent, you know, sell through platform. So we'll take 
raw cards to graded as well as graded slabs, whether it be at PSA or SGC or BGS. And of course, the payouts are a lot different from, you know, from that. Uh, on a graded slab, you know, we might pay somewhere between 80 and 90%, depending on which platform we sell it on, whether it be it on eBay or whether it be on one of our live shows. Okay. So I do have a few more questions about, about this, but I'm curious. I'm thinking about all these cards that you're collecting. Where do you keep the card? What's the security like in your facility around our your partner's cards? So uh, when I made a full decision to do this, you know, full time, uh, which uh, I think that was uh, when I exited the company, I was doing, you know, I just started doing Investacard, but I knew I had to turn this into a full time and security was a huge issue. Um, the office that I was at, that I was doing my finance company, I was there for about seven years. And um, next door to us in the next office, there was a bank that that was there and it's been closed for about three years. They went out, they never rented the space in that bank. There was a vault and we were side by side with, with the, our office were side by side. Uh, so after the, after the whole quarantine, uh, I made a decision. Uh, we, we needed a place to be and I said, let's go back. I know the landlord there and um, let's make that our full time. I've been there for eight years, love the building, class A building. Um, and uh, I came up with the idea is let me talk to the landlord and maybe there's an opportunity for me to bust through the wall and take the usage of that vault, of that bank vault. And met with him, uh, went to go see it, looked at the, you know, looked at the, uh, you know, the architectural diagrams that and it, it fit and we, we could go right through the wall put up a wall uh in between us and and the vacant bank and we took over that that um that vault uh so now we have a sports card vault real bank vault and uh you know for an extra 350 square feet um he said i'll give it to you we'll add 350 square feet onto it and i said where do i sign and he says you know you know here we go five years where do I sign? Uh, yeah. So I know there was huge value in that bank vault. Um, and that's, uh, you know, in business, that's that's what it's all about, building relationships and credibility. And we were a great tenant there. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a big sports fan. And I, I, I was the perfect usage for, for that vault, right? And the, yeah. bank still, the bank still is empty. And we've got ideas for that bank. So uh, can't release that just as of yet. That's maybe... Uh, you know, a little bit down the road, uh, but it's a great location. Uh, and the other great part about it is in the building, there's one of the largest security companies uh, on the top floor. And uh, it's our main unit where the, where the uh, you know, patrols come in and out of and all night long, 24 hours a day. So it makes us feel a little bit safer. Um, so hope that, that answers your question, you know, in regards to the security yeah. uh, of the cards. Well, I ask because I think it's on most people's minds whenever they send their cards to a third-party seller or partner. And uh, and I've seen, I mean, I kind of, it was a bit of a loaded question. I've seen your Instagram lives from the safe. And I, I kind of was wondering, it looks like it's an old safety deposit box room. And so you just confirmed that's exactly what it is from a bank versus something you had custom built. But hey, a bank vault is going to be as good as anything you can custom build, you got to think so. Yeah. I think that that's great, and that should give comfort to uh, to to your partners who are sending it. Now, you refer to your to your, I'll call them customers. You refer to them as partners. Can yeah. you just describe to me what your sort of strategy is behind that terminology from a business perspective? Yeah. So you know, uh, in the previous business that I was in, in the finance business, 
um, I'm sort of using almost the same model. Uh, I built that whole business based on what we call, you know, partners or brokers where they sent in their uh, deals to us. Uh, they went out and searched businesses that are looking for capital and um, they spent a lot of money on leads. They would send us those leads and we would approve them and fund them and service them and so on and so forth. So it was a bit of a partnership, you know, so I said, you know, I think we can do the same thing with sports cards. Uh, the you know business finance brokers are almost like you know sports card you know collectors and flippers. Um, they've got a lot of large quantity of you know cards, and they need someone to take them and approve them and get them graded, and and it's almost like funding. So when we sell it, it's like almost like funding a deal. So that's the approach that I took, and I think uh, when we say the word partners rather than just consignees. Um, it's it's a true partnership because we take the cards in, we assign a relationship manager or portfolio manager that works with them and, uh, you know, speaks to them, you know, live on the phone and works with their portfolio. There might be opportunities to maybe not, you know, even to go, the cards come back. Maybe we don't sell those cards immediately. Maybe the, the relationship manager and, and his partner work on the best way to sell it. When is the right time to sell it? Um, so it's a true partnership. Uh, one of the best parts about getting that vault is that we have so many of those boxes and we use all those boxes for, for partners. So they have their own partner box, right? Um, true partnership. Um, and it, that's the way the payout structure works, uh, where we, on the raw cards to graded, it pays anywhere from 50% all the way up to, let's say as much as 90% going back to the partner. Um, so it's a true, you know, true partnership. Now, some people might say, well, 50% sounds high, but I think we have to really understand what you're getting for that because you guys don't charge any fees for grading. So you do great. You do grade with PSA. And I want to talk a bit about later. We'll come back to this, but a bit of a bit of a, a sneak peek is that you used to do your grading with SGC. Now you exclusively do your grading with PSA. I want to get to that later and get an understanding for that. But back to the point, you charge your partners zero for grading. Uh, it, is that be just within the business model, yeah. the cost of that comes out of your take. Is that how it works? Sure. Absolutely. There's a cost of, you know, bringing each and every card into our building. We have a, a, a certain cost to service that card, to put it through our system. Um, obviously you see a lot of our videos. It's not a one man show. It's they have a real operation. And when I created this program, I wanted to create it, you know, turnkey, no frills, no, no, nothing, zero cost. Just send us your card and we're going to handle it. Uh, and that goes back to the partnership, right? Um, it's almost like if somebody has a really good piece of, you know, real estate, they have a really good piece of dirt on a, on a, you know, waterfront and, uh, the guy's sitting there with the land and, uh, you know, here comes a luxury builder that, you know, it happens a lot in real estate where the luxury builder comes and they find a good piece of land. They partner up together. One guy's got the land. The other guy builds a luxury home and then they sell it. And, and, uh, you can't do one without the other. So um, I think the, the added value to our partnership is the service that we provide from start to finish. And, you know, it gets better and better, you know, each and every day. And of course, you know, adding, you know, some, some real good leadership, you know, with, uh, I know we're going to get into that with the new investor that we brought on. Um, it's going to, we're, we're going to really build this the proper way. You've mentioned uh, relationship managers, which tells me that you've built out a team. Can you, uh, can you speak a little bit about the, the, the scaling of your company and the team. How many people do you have? Uh, with a, a synopsis on their experience in the hobby and 
how big do you expect to grow over the next uh, in the foreseeable future? Uh, I know it's cliche, but you know, sky's the limit, right? Um, there's a banner on my wall. It's been there for um, probably about nine years now, and it, it hasn't come down. And it's I, I put it up. The first thing I put up when we first opened at when I was involved in the other business, and the banner says, you know, think big. So everything that I've always gone into as an entrepreneur is thinking big. If you're going to do it, you might as well think big. Um, I, I see an opportunity here to build another, you know, 50 to $100 million top line revenue company. Um, I think the, the industry, the hobby is, is, in, is it, it's in an infancy. So huge, huge, huge opportunity there. Um, we've got about eight, you know, people, eight employees right now. We're going to add a couple more relationship managers, uh, probably add one more person on the tech side. Um, so, uh, you know, right now try and do lean and mean, right? But as we grow, we'll, we'll, we'll expand on that. Um, I think in, in the biggest area that we're going to expand in is probably on the relationship manager side. And and uh, because uh, that's where it's at. We got a service to partner. We got a service, service, service. Um, and uh, that's how I built my last, you know, couple of companies. It's all about servicing uh, because without the partners, without the customers, we got nothing. We got absolutely zero. So got to service that and bring it on the right relationship managers, guys that understand the hobby, that have knowledge, that have a good passion for sports as well as sports cards. Um, and uh, we have an in-house person that uh, evaluates all the cards. Uh, almost, We might as well be almost like a grading company because that's what he does. He evaluates all the cards, like pre-grades them. Um, of course, we got uh, some technology side. We have a customer service manager that handles all the customer service issues, whether it be it, you know, from uh, one of our live shows on Instagram, or whether it be it, of course, on eBay. Um, and uh, of course, we have you know myself. So yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the lineup right there. So you got eight people, and the sky's the limit. I love it. It's a, good, it's a good attitude to have, a good energy to bring to, to the business and the hobby. So before we get in and talk about some other uh, revenue streams that you do have, and you did mention your Instagram your Instagram live shows, I do want to talk about. Let's just uh, say hello to a few more people that have joined us in the crowd. We got over 60 people in the room right now. So I want to welcome everybody who may have joined us a little bit late. This is Sports Cards Live. I want to thank Edward for bringing you over to the channel tonight. If you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button. Join me. I come live every Saturday with, with every Saturday with guests from across the hobby. A lot of industry insiders, passionate collectors, and content creators. We have a great time. I want to say, well, we got Name in the house. He says, we are live from Investicard. I love it. Welcome to the show, Name. We got Mark S., a one-day subscriber. Welcome back, Mark. Sam's in the house. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. From cards and from cards for kids. Yeah, card, cards for kids. We always need to make sure we're promoting the hobby, guys. Name says, love this guy. Great for the hobby. That's cool. Master Damus, what's good? What's good to you, buddy? What's good to you? Nick, good evening. Great to have you. We got name back here. Was on his personal. Joe, what's happening, Joe? David, good vibes back, right back at you. Yeah, Adam, we hit 2,000 subscribers on Saturday. Thank you very much. Gemwell wants to let us know that Eddie is the GOAT. That would be Edward, who's sitting to my right on your screen. Josh, welcome back. Luke, great to have you. Good to have you. Jared Cheese Gaming, welcome to the show. Graded Cards Collector, good to have you. Glad you liked the question. We are live. There you go. Everyone Everyone knows your, uh, your catchphrase there. I love it. Ray-Ban, welcome to the show. Dars, good to have you, my man. Good to have you. And we have an anonymous Facebook user. Welcome to the show and good evening to you as well. Okay, 
Let's talk a bit about the giveaway we're doing, uh, Edward, because I did put on Instagram that we are going to be giving away a PSA 9 Prism Base Zion Williamson, courtesy of yourself, an Investacard. So we we very quickly, before we came live, everybody, we very quickly decided, uh, well, Edward offered to do a giveaway. I said, sounds great to me. And we came up with the concept that we're going to award it to the to the viewer who asks the best question. And that will be determined by myself and Edward, probably at the end of the show, after the show. And then we will, we will, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll come up with that. And then we will award it on Saturday night to the winner. So that'll bring you back here Saturday night and just watch the sports cards live um, Twitter handle. Also I'll put up right now on the ticker. You can follow my accounts right there on Instagram at Jaylee underscore sports cards live. So you watch that. We'll talk about, uh, make sure that everybody's aware that we're going to be announcing the winner of the Zion card on Saturday night. Sound good to you, Edward? All good. All right. So let's talk about your deal with Marcus Limonis. Sure. All right. So when I saw you on Instagram talking about your new investor was Marcus Limonis, I was really excited by that because I have been a fan of his show and his uh, him as an individual, as a businessman, as a strategist, as a as a consultant, as a business saver. I think the guy's amazing. And when I saw that you were bringing him into the hobby and into your business, I was really impressed. And I thought I got to get Edward on the show, talk to him, learn about it. How did you how did you come to meet Marcus Limonis? How did you pitch him? How did you bring him into the hobby? So let's get into that a little bit. Why don't you start us off at the beginning of um, how did you first come to meet or encounter Mr. Limonis? Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it started right here on this couch right here, right? The same same spot that we're sitting. And, you know, I, I was going to do take this uh, this interview from the office, like, you know, in, in our studio. But I said, you know what? Let's do it from where we started from, right on the couch which we uh, did right through the quarantine. That's how we built this whole brand during the quarantine where I went live for a hundred days straight, building up the program, bringing people on live, get, uh, doing a lot of fun giveaways uh, right from this couch here and doing a lot, a lots and lots of live from Investacard. And we are live right now on the sports card live show. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot of uh, Investacard viewers on there. Uh, but we uh i i too uh have watched marcus limonis from the beginning from his very first show and uh never missed it and i i lo always look forward to you know i saved it and would come home and it was, it was one of those things that at the end of the business day after you know uh a long long day uh i look forward to you know sitting back and chilling and watching that show and then i used to use a lot of his stuff you know in sales meetings uh, you know, that the uh, people process and product, right? That's what yeah. really when, when, in business. That's it, that's when, when you break it down, people process and product, you can't do it without any of those three. Uh, when you're building a real company um, during the quarantine, obviously he couldn't film any of his shows. So he was doing these live shows on Instagram. And I saw a show that was advertised that was on like a Tuesday that he was, was going to bring on companies and he was going to allow them to pitch. And, um, you know, he owns a lot of companies and, uh, I figured, let me, let me go on 
let me try and go on. I was looking forward to, I had it set on my calendar. And there's not too many things that I put on my calendar to give me a reminder. I had it set on my calendar. And of course that day I was running late at the office. I'm always, you know, busy doing, you know, a hundred different things, but I knew I, I wanted to get home for this and I didn't want to be like in my car. So I was running late. I rushed home drive, you know, just so I can get him, you know, sit down, chill and get on there and, and, uh, logged in right from this couch here. And, um, you know, there's over 3000 people in the live. So I wanted to go on there and pitch. And of course he selected me and, uh, it was a uh, showtime. It was showtime. And, uh, we, we, you know, opened it up with, a, with a live from Investacard. And we, we have that on video and on our feed there and you could go and watch it on his feed as well. Um, you know, he asked me all the tough questions, you know, the, the elevator pitch. And uh, I think I did a, a pretty good job of explaining the business. And, uh, you know, he uh, told me to send him an email and, you know, I sent him an email the next day and, uh, you know, not, not, you know, just, a, you know, maybe the, the same day, the next day I got an email from his vice president of mergers and acquisitions for a brand new fund that they created. And the, the gentleman that was uh, running that fund, his partner, Mark Lomonas, his partner, shout out to Gio there from uh, um, who, who put, who orchestrated the whole entire deal. Uh, and Be Loyal Investment Group, shout out to Be Loyal Investment Group. He uh, emailed me and said, listen, I follow you. I can't believe you were on Marcus Lamonis' show. I'm a partner with Marcus Lamonis. And oh, by the way, I've been also investing in sports cards for like the last three or four years. So it was a sort of match made in heaven. Uh, you know, we got on the phone. We had, you know, you know, a couple of long discussions. Uh, he wanted to learn about me and, uh, you know, where I was at, my passions and stuff. Uh, but I guess it worked out well. Marcus, obviously, you know, doesn't know too much about the sports card. He's a sports fan, but doesn't know anything about sports cards uh, whatsoever. But uh, I'm sure he can learn, you know, pretty fast. Uh, Gio, on the other hand, super knowledgeable, super smart uh, in business, uh, not only in, with the hobby, but in business. And, uh, you know, less than three weeks after that, after meeting with them and, and them and them coming to the office and, and being the team. And um, I was in the market to look for an investor that can help me grow and scale. And, you know, in business, um, it's not always easy to find the right partner. And you hear a lot of horror stories. You got to match up well, you got to click well, and you got to do it not just for a day or two, but you got to do it, you know, long term, right? And uh, when you know, you know. And when you meet someone and you click and you know, you just know. And uh, that, you know, the, the best thing being, you know, it was also Marcus Lamonis and him coming on board. It was just, uh, I knew that it was, you know, perfect timing and uh give us some really good credibility and uh, a lot of um uh, thought leadership as well so uh, right here on my couch we pitched them we closed them within about four four weeks less than four weeks uh we got a deal done signed sealed and delivered uh we got funded right uh we got funded which is uh, always a good thing and um you know and already within like the last you know couple two couple weeks that we've done a deal I've uh, learned, you know, so much. And, and so, and he's got, you know, a lot of, 
a lot of people that can come in and help us from a lot of different areas. And already in the last two weeks, you know, we've seen some some growth in those in those areas. So there's a story right there. And, uh, you know, shout out to Marcus Lamonis and uh, Gio there. Yeah, for sure. That's a great story, Edward. Really, really yeah. inspirational, actually. So when when you, you pitched him, you got to know him, you, you negotiated, you did your deal for a few weeks. What what does he think of your we are live? Does he like does he like that? part of the branding is he is that something that he is behind what is how does he feel about that yeah i think they like it i mean i i don't think they would have done a deal i think they like the 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 branding the marketing and the the raw side of it right that we do it's not you know it's all real right it's real we don't edit it down or anything like that um so yeah i mean i think you know i think they respect the hustle they respect the hustle and the passion i I appreciate your approach to you go live. It's the same thing with this show. We go live. There's no, there's no post-production. Once it's done, it's done. We have one chance. If we mess it up, we got to live with it. So I hear you, man. I'm living the same. I'm living the same kind of uh, live stream life as you are in in that case. So you met, we, we talked about Marcus and his, his approach to business, the way he analyzes the business is he talks about product, people, and process. And like you said earlier, you were using some tips you gained from him watching him on TV on your in your sales meetings. I do the same thing. I, I I've taken a lot of great tips from him and applied them in my business in, in in the real world. I was chatting with someone recently. I said to myself, you know, there's product, people, and and process, but there's also brand in terms of business. But then when you think about it, your brand is your people. It is your product, and to an extent, it's your process as well. So I think he has all the bases covered and. I have to think that he's going to be of great value to you in terms of just an advisor and a, and a collaborator. When Marcus on the sh- on his show on CNBC, The Profit, when he invests in someone's company who's usually a, a struggling company and they need some new leadership, he's famous for saying, "As soon as you take my money, I'm 100% in charge." So I want to know: Is he 100% in charge of Investicard, or are you? Uh, we are 100% live in charge still. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, what that, that deal wasn't done. You know, he does a lot of those deals on TV. Obviously uh, we're not going to be on the show. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, being able to partner up with someone like that, that has so much business experience, right. Uh, I think is, a you know, it's almost like a dream come true as being an entrepreneur, right? Being an entrepreneur and from where I came from, um, and uh, I've always built a lot of my businesses from the ground up, you know, and uh, I've always been all in and all my businesses. And uh, and I've been able to have some exits, you know, on, on, on some of them. Uh, so uh, this is why I do it. And, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're still 100% in charge. <laughs> I'm sure. I know that's a that's a TV thing. I'm sure, but it's uh, it's entertaining. I, I had to ask the question. So I do want to I do want to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, when you went to the national in 2019. Uh, you had you have a whole story there about accumulating cards. You had a goal. You went to the show. You achieved your goal. You did business with a particular individual. I'll let you tell the story. But before we do, I'm just going to say hello to some more people that have joined us. we got over 75 people in here. Again, I want to welcome you all to the show. If you are if you just got here, if it's your first time on Sports Cards Live, thank you for joining. We go live every Saturday. Feel free to subscribe to the channel. We'll leave it at that. 
Uh, I just want to bring up some comments that we've had. Graded Cards Collector says Investicart is great on eBay, a wide range of sports. That's great to hear. Uh, Jared Cheese Game says, no way you're going to do that. I don't know what he's talking about, but thank you for the comment, Jared. Kandar, Io to you. Holy, holy. Ah, uh, we got Victor. Victor, welcome to the show. Great to see you, buddy. Thank you for the shout out on your video recently. We got Sloth55 in the house, a big card seller, uh, uh, card shows, and a, a PSA fan himself. Foul Five Ball, this concept sounds interesting. And that's why I wanted to bring Edward on because he seems he seems to have something going from what I've seen, but I wasn't sure what it was. I, I've seen Investicard, I've seen the branding, I wanted clarity on what it is. And if you've been with us since the beginning this evening, I think we now have a lot of that clarity. What I'm gaining from it is that it's basically a full service sell sell your card sort of thing where they take your raw cards they get they pre-grade them they they get them graded for you with psa they list them they sell them they sometimes list them on other platforms as well which we'll talk about after and then they send you your money and they look at it as a partnership which i think is really cool brian bertrand welcome to the show yes we are live joe said yeah people process and product it is great wisdom marcus is not lacking in the wisdom department. I'm sure that's going to rub off on Edward and a bunch of us here as well. Eddie is the goat, says Blake Fletcher. Where can we find the Limonis discussion? So that's a good question because Edward did mention a few minutes ago that you can find it in his feed. I'll admit, I looked for it on your Instagram feed earlier today and I wasn't able to find it right away. I, I didn't find it. So maybe we can um, let someone know what to look for a little bit or if you want to think about that, Edward, but uh, anything you can add to make it simpler to find? I think it should be on the feed. Uh, we post a lot of videos. Uh, if not, then uh, you could go to uh, Marcus Lemonis's page. And it was on November 11th. And it was the 51th minute was when I came on. Around somewhere on that 51st minute that I came on. Um, so, uh, but I believe it's on our feed. I, I got to check on that. I'll ask our social media person who sure. does a lot, of, a lot of the posting. So Yeah, maybe ask them to repost it to your Instagram uh, feed so that uh, those of sure. us watching... We, we actually, we were working on something like that, yes. Okay, cool, cool. I want to welcome everyone who's just joined. We have over 80 people with us right now. I want to thank everybody for coming. We just hit 2,000 subscribers last Saturday. Woot, woot, very excited. Steve, sir, hello to you. Welcome to the show. Charlie Siegel says, Wayne's World got nothing on Investicard. The real rawness of live. That's right, live is fun. Payne Kukulinski, we got you in the house tonight. I got a prism white sparkle, Patrick or Mahomes. Good for you. Congratulations. Jared wants to know, how do I enter the giveaway? Well, the giveaway, as we discussed a bit earlier, we are going to be looking for your business questions tonight for Edward. Sports card business type questions. And the one that kind of gives him and I the most uh, content for tonight that we deem to be the, the, the best content from our discussion based on you guys in the comments, that person's going to win a PSA 9 Zion Williamson Prism base card. All right. Roy G, aloha to you. What's up to you, Blake Fletcher? It's PSA card trader, Eddie. And hockey guy in the house says, sounds like a service my great uncle can use. Going to have to look into this. There you go. Check it out. It's I'm going to put back right on the ticker right now, guys. Um, here you go. Investicard on Twitter and Instagram. And there's their website as well. You can always reach out to these guys over there on uh, on their social media platforms. Okay, let's let's now talk about let's talk about your Instagram presence because 
you have a really cool story about how you kind of fell into doing your live Instagrams. And it's it's a it's not kind of what you're expecting, everybody. So why don't you start us off at the beginning, Edward, and tell us how that all came to be. Uh, I was never much into social media. And even in my other businesses, I built everything old school, you know, sales, generating leads on social on you know social media, but not really promoting the company or me going, you know, on social media myself. Um, so I was investing in sports cards for about three or four years, and I was accumulating and accumulating uh, with the goal in mind to, you know, eventually sell it. Uh, when I came to realize that I was going to do Investacard full time, I went out. Of course, uh, if you're going to be in it full time and you're going to learn, then you want to go to the, the, you know, the biggest show, right? The national. And I know Jeremy, you've been going to the national for many, many years. Uh, there's nothing like it. If you are into sports cards. Uh, as a you know hobbyist or as an investor and uh, you've never been to the national before it's like going to disney world right and it's it's for you know five six seven days straight and i went to the national in 2019 and brought a, a you know a lot of cards with me uh i was following a lot of different sports you know uh, uh sports card guys on instagram watching a few of them of course following gary v and um watching a lot of him and I, I set a goal for myself is, you know what? I see that he's big in the sports cards. Um, I want to go to, I want to go there. And I know he was exhibiting there at the national. He was also, he had also had a, you know, a special speaking announcement before the national uh, that I, that I um, attended and got to meet him. And uh, my goal was to go there and, and sell him because he said he was buying. So, well, if, he, if he's buying, I'm selling. And uh, I went there uh, with the with the idea in mind to sell him, you know, a large lot of cards, whether it be vintage and modern and stuff like that. And uh, we ended up talking and we ended up, uh, he ended up introducing me to one of his partners, Jason Koontz over there at Otia Sports. Shout out to them. Um, and they ended up buying a big uh, purchase from me, um, a large purchase. Uh, that I had accumulated and I was the goal in mind was to sell them and, and use that for you know to launch this company to launch Investacard the marketing aspect of it uh, we did a video with Gary V uh, and uh, I launched that video and uh, you know he, he told me you know after I did the video he says you know that's gonna it's gonna really help you out that's you're gonna get a lot of lot of views from that video right there I uh, you know launched that video and uh of course we got a lot of views from it but the, the whole live thing really didn't get started until probably that that day after we were in the hotel room and a couple of uh, people that i went with they said oh you should go live on instagram and talk about it you should go live and i said no 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 you know let's just do a video let's just do a video and then we'll post it up and we'll you know so um of course you know we went on video and um i just you know i said you know i just well, you should go live. I said, you know what? We're not going to go live, but we, we will go live from, from the hotel room. And that's what I did. I, I said, we are live from Investacard here. Uh, and it started with that. And I started to use it in my next video and my next video. And it caught on in my next video. And and here we are today. And it, it's, it's you know, every I, I think every good brand needs that catchphrase or that intro, even though maybe... You know, we say it so much and to some people it's annoying or whatever, but 
that's what it is. It's our catchphrase. Um, that's, that's, and, uh, you know, I walk around the shows, uh, and, uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm at every aisle that I walk in, you know, it's like live, live, you know, from Investacard. So must be doing something right. That's how I created the, uh, live from Investacard right there in my hotel room. Um, actually with my son, um, who has been helping me throughout this whole entire process. He was the one who actually created the Instagram for Investacard. Otherwise we wouldn't have it. So my son, Tyler created the Investacard. Um, shout out to Tyler right there. And uh, he said, Let, dad, let's go live. I think you're going to get a lot of viewers. And uh, in the beginning, he was managing the, uh, the Instagram. Um, obviously, until it got to a point where we had you know, too many messages coming in. Um, so that's the story. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So you, I, what I found interesting about the story is that you actually planned ahead for a while. You accumulated cards to take to the national, to sell to Gary V. You get to the national. You don't know him. You get no. there, you, you, you attend his speaking engagement, you say hello, you go to his booth, you, you tell him you brought him cars to sell, you do a deal, and that kind of spawns your whole, your your online presence, your brand, your thing. We Are Live. Like, that's, what a story, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's cool. That's, it's real organic. It's an, or, it's an organic uh, creation, if you will, and I think that's the way to do it. So congrats on that. And hey, man, listen, this is a guy here that sets a goal. And he does what he does to achieve it. Like, I think we should all find some inspiration in that. So, okay, cool. I want to get to, we have some more comments, questions have come in uh, right here. Adam says, will you return cards if you feel like it's not worth the time or the money to a partner? It's a good question. Uh, so when, when you sign up to become a partner and you sign an agreement, you know, sign a you know, one page agreement, you, you also get like an intake form and you'll, you're going to complete this intake form. In some cases, the partner will complete the intake form. In some cases, uh, the relationship manager will complete it for the partner. It really depends on the partner. If there's only a few cards, they usually do it on their own. Um, it's, uh, but if someone has 100 or 200 cards that they're sending in, usually that's part of our service. Um, so if they fill out the intake form and then we receive the cards and we put it through evaluation, uh, for one reason or another, if we don't think that the card is gradable enough, maybe because it's, you know, we don't, maybe it's damaged or what have you, or the projected graded value doesn't meet, then yes, we would send those cards back to the partner at our cost. So we would cover the shipping to send those cards back to the partner. All right. There you go, Adam. Uh, MD Pity 21 says, do you feel there's an advantage cracking BGS slabs and re-slabbing with PSA? I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of people weren't doing it, you know, I think it's gotten more and more over the last probably, you know, year, but, um, I think there's huge opportunities. We've had some success with it. As a matter of fact, um, one of our partners that, uh, sends us cards, he actually created a separate, almost a separate business and that's all he does. And he's creating a service where, where he'll take in those and he'll, and he'll do the whole thing. And, uh, which I thought was, you know, pretty, pretty unique, but yes, to answer. Yes. I think there's huge opportunities. If you can find the right 9.5s that have, you know, 10 centering or even so if they have, you know, some, sometimes they might have nine centering, you know, you, you really never know. Um, but you know, it's a risk that you take. Um, we like to crack them out and send them in. Uh, some people like to send them in, you know, in, in the slabs. And if they don't get the grade that they're supposed to get, then that's it. They pay for it and get the slab back. So. 
All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hope that's a good answer for you, MD Pitt. Uh, Master Domus has this question here. I'm not, I'm not too sure. He says, thoughts on having the choice of selling the card or sell shares and hold. So that sounds to me like a question that kind of is around the whole fractional ownership uh, business model, which speaking of which you have in your, in your prior life, you have, you have experience in the syndication of assets, which means broad ownership, fractional ownership. Anything you want to say about that in the context of this question? Um, so I think that, you know, that's got a lot of legs in the hobby. I, you see a couple of companies already doing it, um, like collectible and stuff. Um, I had a lot of experience in, in, in what we call, you know, syndication. Um, some people call it fractional ownership. Um, I built a whole platform based on syndication. And that's how we funded a lot of the, the, the company, the business, the businesses that we helped out was through a syndication platform. And uh, my original idea when I launched Investacard was uh, strictly to do a big part of it was to do, you know, where we had syndication on, you know, on high end cards where we would purchase a card for, let's say, for 20 or 30,000. And the house being Investacard, we keep a, a percentage of it and then we would sell off the, the rest of it, let's say, to three or four or five other syndicate, uh, what we call syndicators. And we would, you know, leverage the risk on that aspect. And then when the card got sold, each participant would get their portion that they owned. Um, that's being done right now on fractional ownership on, on a few different other apps. They're doing it very micro, right? They're doing it, you know, with small amounts. Um, we currently do that, you know, uh, we currently do that right now, you know, in-house privately. Um, there's opportunities to offer that out, I think, as we move along. Uh, but we've got some creative opportunities that we're going to use uh, fractional or syndication in some of our breaks that we're going to do. And we can talk about that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a little ways down the, you know, the line. Sure. Thanks. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks for that. And I hope that's uh, satisfactory to you, to you, Master Damus. Uh, Jer okay. We're going to do some questions here still, uh, uh, Edward. Jared Cheese Gaming says, what influenced the idea of your new partnership program? Was it just an idea that came to mind or was there a service that you thought was missing? I'm just, I'm just curious. Eddie equals goat. <laughs> so we have, and just so you know, and I see Victor, I see your question as well. We have talked about these things, but I'm Eddie, I want to give you a chance to address them again. So please do address Jared's question. Then I'll bring up Victor's. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, when, when I thought about creating this partnership program, I saw it as added value and I didn't see anyone else doing it really. Um, and, and what I did see was a lot of people with a lot of cards, whether they got it from a break, whether they, where I went to a show and they, ha they had, a, they had, you know, maybe they're nice cards in the showcase, but then there was a lot of other cards that, and at the time, if you go back a year ago, you know, you could find a lot of really good cards. I mean, when I went to the national Luka Doncic's were 60, 70, $80, uh, and now, you know, the, the whole market has changed. But still today, you still see a lot of cards that have some grading value that they're, they're not going through the process. So uh, the idea was to help monetize uh, collectors and investors uh, on what they were sitting with and or someone who didn't want to go through the whole entire process uh, because all they want to do is buy cards and they don't want to they don't want to deal with eBay. They don't want to deal with filling out forms and everything else. They just want to put it in a box and have somebody sell it. Right. Uh, it's just convenience. Um, so that's what I thought 
you know, when I came up with the partnership program, let's create a, a service that can, you know, help these people sell their sports cards. Uh, and I know that, uh, as you know, you know, the graded slab is going to, you know, outsell the raw, you know, any day a week. So there was, you know, you, you get that multiple when you're, when you're grading up. Uh, so that's where the opportunity, you know, came about from. It, re- it really takes someone to see an opportunity to actually, you know, execute and convert. And you mentioned to me the other day that you went into the national, you see all these people with all these cards and they're not maximizing their returns on them. And I think that that's what you noticed. It clicked for you, but you swung into action. I respect that. I think that's cool. Let's go to Victor's question. He says, it's my first time hearing about Investicard and I'm intrigued. I came onto the stream a little late, but did I hear you say no fees? No, you didn't hear that, Victor, but we'll come back. So his question is, how does Investicard make money? Maybe something I missed. Why don't you speak to the, the pricing model a little bit, uh, Edward? He's, he's asking, my question is, uh, how does Investicard make money? Uh, he thought well, he heard I, you say no fees, but but the, it, it's basically a, a, yeah, grad, so, a grad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So so when we say no fees, uh, we say, you know, zero cost for grading zero ebay fees zero paypal fees uh yes it, it is zero fees we cover all the costs for all the fees um it is a partnership program so we have a, a revenue share uh split there and if you go to investacard.com and go to the partner section click on that fill out the little form you're automatically going to get a partner pack which is going to give you the payout schedule you can even see it on our uh it's listed by itself on our uh um, website and uh the 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 uh, partner revenue share starts at 50% and goes all the way to 90%, depending on the value of, of the card. And that's going back to the partner. So uh, for this instance, if the card sold for, you know, $200, uh, then the partner would get 50% and invest a card, we get 50%. And uh, there are no other fees that come out of, of it. Uh, no, no additional fees, no membership fees, uh, no upfront fees, no nothing. So if the card sold for, a thousand dollars and uh, the partner split was 75 percent then the partner would get 750 dollars and investicard would get 250 dollars and that's so that's how that works right so on on a 50 50 split for a lower value card it's this card sells for 200 bucks you get 100 your 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 partner slash client gets 100 you out of your hundred dollar take you pay psa you pay the ebay fees the yep. paypal fees so it's not that it's no fees it's that you guys cover the external fees have your revenue share and from your split of the revenue share you cover all the expenses that are incurred along the way correct so correct. it keeps yep. it simple for people to understand sure. and, and a little bit less uh less uncertainty because you know exactly what you're going to get based on when you see your card sell on the investicard platform sure. or through the investigard platform that sure. makes good sense okay uh, J-Rod, I wasn't skipping you. I see a great question from you. He says, Edward, you guys were SGC grading for a long time. What prompted the tra- the transition to PSA? Because you're exclusive. You're exclusively submitting your client, your partner's cards now to PSA. What prompted the switch? Uh, not to get into the whole entire you know thing, but uh, we we were working with yes with SGC for a while. We launched the Investicard Partnership Program. I saw an opportunity there. They were local, about 10 minutes from me. And I think they were looking for to build their modern market up. I had I was grading with SGC um, a lot of the vintage cards. You know, SGC has been around for a long time. 
grading the vintage on the vintage market. They're well respected on the vintage side, and they were uh, building up their modern market. And I saw an opportunity to uh, use them, and uh, you know, after seeing some long delays with PSA, I saw some opportunity. So we started out with SGC, and um, I think you know, for one reason or another, um, the goal was to get cards back in a certain period of time uh, because obviously selling the SGC product uh, not the same as, as PSA values weren't the same. So, uh, you know, we, in, in our model, we needed to get our cards back, you know, uh, in, you know, 30 days or less to be able to flip and sell. Um, and we tested that, we tested that, um, the SGC brand out. And, um, you know, after looking at the data and after uh, working with them, we felt that, you know, we needed to move on and, you know, work with a brand. I think that was, you know, the, the hobby leader, and uh, speaking with, you know, a lot of our partners, um, you know, maybe we weren't getting all the cards that we were supposed to get because we were sending everything to SGC and maybe they were sending to PSA. So we felt we were losing out on a big part of the market because at the end of the day, if you have a really, really nice card, you want it to be in a PSA slot because it was going to bring maximum amount of value. So we had to look at, look at it from the economics. Um, but, um, you know, SGC is a great company, but I, I think it, it just wasn't a right fit for us. We couldn't grow the way we wanted to grow. Um, and we had to, you know, decide to move on and we reorganized. And I think when people, when we went through that whole process, it was not, not something fun because, you know, there were, a, there was, uh, a time there where we were still sitting with a lot of cards that, um, didn't get graded and we had to speak with the partners and get those cards sent back to the partners. I think that was the best thing to do and then reorganize. And, you know, people thought maybe we were going to, you know, fold up or what have you. And we just got stronger. I worked hard, really hard to build a relationship over there at PSA. It's not easy nowadays. A lot of people want to grade cards to become a dealer an authorized dealer. Not easy. We, I worked hard on it. Um, and, uh, we are an authorized dealer for PSA. Uh, we're going to do some serious volume with them and uh but you know no hard feelings at the end of the day it's just business and we you know that's that's the story there so all right no yeah makes a lot of sense you got to do what's best for the business for your partners yep. for sure for sure yeah and what's sure. you know what's going to help you scale the the quickest and uh yep. and the smoothest so i, I yep. hear you on there okay and remember edward we are giving away the psa 9 zion williamson prism base card to the person who asks the best question of the night. So Edward, we got to keep in our minds and make sure that we can remember which one we enjoyed the most, which we will debrief at the end of the episode. And we will be giving that away on Saturday. Okay. A couple more questions that have come in here. We have Jubes. He says, I see similarities between the growing sneaker resale market and cards. Is Investicard the trading card version of StockX? And do you see a future where sales history can be searched on Investicard? Sure. I hope so. Maybe, you know, uh, some of that stuff obviously can come with, you know, technology and from uh, the new, you know, partnership group that I brought on with Marcus Limonis and his team. Um, StockX, man, they're a great company, huge company. They're also into sports cards, right? They do a lot in sports cards. They're growing. I mean, listen, uh, you get a PSA box, their label is on there, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's huge opportunity for that to maybe get to some point where, you know, we're driving a lot, a lot of traffic to our website and uh, being able to, you know, maybe be one of the leaders, you know, in the sports card hobby for, you know, 
selling sports cards. All right, good stuff. And Luke, uh, sorry, Foul Five Ball. I like this question. Is if you only had one card that you can invest in, what would it be? Yeah, I asked that question to a few people, and I asked that on my show. So it's a good question there. And I asked if you, if someone gave you a million dollars, and they said, "Listen, go ahead and go and invest a million dollars, and I want you to come back to me in like you know thirty six months, and let's see how the portfolio is doing." but you can only invest in one player. That's it. Uh, and it, it could be a broad range. Of, it doesn't have to only be the rookie card or, or what have you. Um, it's, for me, it's easy. You know, it's, 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 it's me. It's for me, it's easy. And it's, uh, you know, the, the goat, the real goat, uh, which is, you know, MJ, his brand and, uh, you know, what he means to the hobby. Uh, that's where I would go. Michael Jordan. So, and yeah, that, I think that's a pretty common answer for a lot of people. That's where my mind went to first. But then I also thought, well, there, you know, he's his cards have exploded in value so much. Is there somebody who's a little bit more under the radar that has some room to grow? I don't know. I, I'm not saying I have anyone in mind, but you know, I might I might try and take a bigger risk because I think everyone's going to take uh, MJ. But you're probably right. He's probably the best way to go. Uh, Luke wants to know: Do you accept Canadian partners? Absolutely. For the partnership program, um, since we don't, you know, we don't do a, uh, any, you know, international shipping uh, currently right now. Um, we do it through eBay through their program, but we don't do it, uh, you know, on our own. But yes, we do have some partners from Canada. Uh, you can send in your cards and we'll, it's the same entire process. We have customers in Canada, Australia, uh, a few of them in China. So they send in their cards and we take it through the same entire process. So yes, we welcome it. No problem. All right. And Joe Perot says, from a business standpoint, what adjustments are you anticipating in the sports card hobby once COVID subsides? And how is Investicard preparing for these changes? Good question, Joe. Sports card. Once COVID subsides, we haven't stopped. We, we COVID hasn't stopped us. We actually built this whole business during COVID and, and the quarantine. So, and, and the whole pandemic. Um, so when I think... A lot of companies closed and, and and shut down and there are some you know industries that have thrived and i think that obviously the sports card hobby right that's where it, it's been it thrived throughout the whole entire pandemic but i think uh one of the things once covid you know calms down and, and let's when, whenever that might be i think there's some opportunities there to bring back some of the stuff that i did when i was a child which was you know do some promoting of shows I love promoting. I love marketing. So there's that opportunity to have some investor card shows. Um, if we do it, we're going to do it big, right? Um, and now that we have someone like Marcus on our side and and that team over there, so there's there's some uh, some opportunities there in terms of doing more more uh, shows, uh, traveling obviously to a lot more shows. Can't do that as as of much, even though we're going to Dallas tomorrow and we are going to be live. At the Dallas Sports Card Show uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it, it, you know, we're there to buy. We're also there to sign up partners. We're there to uh, to uh, meet a lot of the partners. Uh, so going to more card shows uh, once the COVID subsides. And I think there's an opportunity also. I spoke about it a little bit earlier. Um, I think there's an opportunity for maybe, a, you know, you know, a, a, uh, to take over that bank and, and turn it into a really good store. It's right next to our office. It's in a nice office building. 
I have a great relationship with the with the uh, landlord. Uh, there's there's a ton of parking. There's nobody there on a Saturday and Sunday in terms of parking. So uh, that might be some some opportunities there to open up a a nice uh, you know a store, but with some you know a creative with a creative twist to it or something like that. So hope that answers you know his question. And we're seeing more and more of that now. People are opening up shops like that. Like you see these coffee and card combinations. I've heard of a couple of them now. I think it's neat. I think people are trying to build communities in their bricks and mortar. And I think that's an important thing. Uh, and it's maybe a part of the evolution of the hobby. So I'm with you on that. I, I'd love to be able to come down to Fort Lauderdale and check it out once you get that thing built up. Patrick Knoll says, what kind of turnaround time are you seeing with PSA? And do their authorized dealers get preferential or faster service? Uh, you know, I can only speak for ourselves, so I can't speak for anyone else. Uh, obviously my goal is to get my, our, our partner cards back faster than the next guy. And I'll be a hundred percent honest, you know, uh, we're going to do a lot of volume and we're in a service business and we've got to get our cards. The only way that we generate, um, is by generating sales, right. And, and getting cards back and getting them sold and being able to, uh, you know, being able to, you know, beat the next guy and, 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 and be faster. So, uh, in terms of service times, we've been seeing some pretty, pretty, pretty good service times on our five days, pretty consistent with, you know, other, um, other people that I speak to that are doing nice amount of volume and, um, uh, as well as the 20 day, you know, service times, but I think they're going to get better at PSA. You know, they're adding a lot of technology and I think it's just going to get better and better. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge issue within the hobby, the whole grading, right? Everyone wants, everyone wants their cards graded. Everybody wants their cards back, you know, at the same time. And, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of business that goes through a lot of these submission groups because PSA, you know, you know, it's great for them because they don't have to handle all that, right. All the customer service, all that stuff, right. Uh, when is my card coming back? When is it coming back? You know, how many times, we hear that and, uh, but, um, special treatment or whatever, you know, listen, I work on trying to get our cards back faster than the next guy. That's how I will answer that question. That's it. Sounds, yeah, so, it's and, and I think that's one of the key, um, values of using the Investacard, you know, partnership program and leverage our volume, leverage it. Cause I'm going to be out there working hard with PSA. Yes. To build, to build it, to get our cards back. That's 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 our that's our, our our dedication to it. So why not take advantage and leverage the volume and our service? So sounds good. Yeah, I hear that. A couple of guys answered the million dollar question. Lee Haskins says Wayne Gretzky. I I would be you know in agreement with that. His cards have just exploded recently. Hershey Card says Pele. Charlie Siegel says MJ agrees with his brother. Beat the house says Jack Nicholas baby. Yeah, that's another good one for sure. Okay, uh, and then I like this question here from Beat the House. He says, can there be an option to donate to charity for partners out of part of their revenue share? Sure, absolutely. I think there's opportunities for that. I think it's a good good question. Um, we started a, you know, uh, it's not a charity. We started a Cards for Kids thing that we did during the holidays, and we were talking about maybe turning that into a charity and maybe with the Boys and Girls Club or something uh, because there's so many cards that just are just, you know, they don't have value to grade, you know, it could be a, you know, it could be a um, Shaquille O'Neal veteran card that comes in 1920, right? Or it could be, you know, a Dwayne Wade or someone like that. Um, 
It could be a Dan Marino card or, or a, uh, you know, a Brett Favre card. So uh, I think, yeah, there's opportunities for that. That's a great question. And, you know, we can definitely, you now it could be something that we could put on the list. I think it would be a good thing. Something I've always done, guys. I'll share this with the audience. We got some new viewers tonight. We got over 90 people in the room right now. So welcome, everybody. If you got here late, 90. please please subscribe to the YouTube channel for Sports Cars Live. I go live every Saturday night, special Wednesdays for uh, when there's some big news coming, like uh, like Marcus Limonis investing into the hobby. But uh, please subscribe to the channel. Come back. Check out the guests that I bring to you guys and that I brought to you guys. This is episode 77 right here with Edward. So... We have a question here from Jared. I like this one. He says, have you thought about creating your own app on the App Store? StockX is pushing to gain relevance in that market. Have you ever considered partnering with StockX? Uh, you know, I've built most of my businesses, you know, building partnerships. So we're always open to that. Um, I actually created an app already on the App Store. So um, two steps ahead there. I created an app probably a little bit too early uh, about... Uh, about a year ago, I created an app. It's on the App Store. We haven't done nothing with it yet. It, it was put on the back burner because we were so focused in building the front-end brand and the live shows and everything else. So the app is on the on the uh, App Store, but uh, it uh, needs to be a. Uh, we need to do something with the app. So it's on. It's on the list, and uh, that's the tech team and on that side, and uh, and maybe the uh, head of our marketing. What we're going to do with the the app? So, great question. What about the stock X piece? Any, have you had any discussions or no, nothing, nothing. there? Okay, cool. No, I, I was going to say before, and then I got just, I distracted myself, but uh, something that I've always done, Edward, I think is a cool initiative and I'll share it with everybody here is on Halloween. I'll take 10 base cards, put them in a team bag and I give them to kids that come by the house on Halloween. But the trick is you have to give them a chocolate bar or something else as well. You can't just give them the cards. You got to give them some candy too. So you come by my house, you get cards and candy, and it's a great way to uh, really get cards out into the community and into the hands of children. So I recommend that Recommend that to everybody. Here's a really good question from Terry Fortune, uh, Edward. He says, what has been your biggest hurdle in growing your business to date? Uh, I would say the biggest hurdle has been the, you know, the, the grading times. Obviously, we've taken a lot of cards and managing managing expectations on that side um, is, is, has been probably the biggest hurdle that I could say probably going back over the last probably, you know, eight or nine, 10, 12 months. Um, everything else has been pretty smooth. We have a, a strong team, but yeah, the grading, uh, you know, dealing with the grading, grading times. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think that, that's a big challenge for a lot of people in the hobby right now, especially the grading companies. All right, we have a question from Lee Haskins. He says, what are your thoughts on the so-called video moments site? I think he's talking about NBA Top Shot that sells video moments without mentioning, oh, I mentioned their name. <laughs> uh, sorry, Lee, I mentioned their name. Um, yeah, your thoughts on NBA Top Shot, Edward, if, are, if you're familiar with it. Never. I, I might have seen one little thing on it. I have no, no knowledge of it whatsoever. Nothing. Fair, fair. Uh, Lee, my, my opinion is I'm still, the, 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 the jury's open on it. There's, it's, it's interesting. It's taking off and the NBA, uh, the NBA has licensed it. That's a big deal. That's a real big deal. That gives it legs like nothing else can. So I, I did think see one story, I guess one of them sold for a, a LeBron James sold for like 32,000 or something like that. Is that what he's referring to? Yeah. That's what he's referring to. Yeah. 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 It's built on the blockchain. It's, 
apparently interesting, and uh, I think we'll be hearing a lot more about it as time goes on. Uh, DJ Lazy Jeff says, what does the new investment boom in the hobby mean for the future of traditional card shows, including the national? Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll give that a go first, Edward. I think, it means that, I think it means you got to get there early if you want to get in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a jungle in there. I cannot wait. What do you think? I'll tell you. I think uh, you know. Uh, I think the, the the whole boom is you know it's nothing like going to a card show and you can feel it, you can see it, and uh, you know. Yeah, I think the national. I was just telling my partner the other day. Man, oh man! Imagine what the national is gonna be like. I mean, 2019 was a long time ago. I mean, Jeremy, it was a long time ago, yeah. right? I mean, uh, the market has changed so much uh, since then that, uh, man, what do, what to expect? I mean, uh, but I think, you know, all card shows are going to boom. And you remember when there were no card shows, like there were very few, it was just a dead end. And now they're starting to come back now, you know, and I think sooner, soon, sooner than later, once we get through this whole, you know, pandemic i think there'll be you know maybe two or three different type national type shows right wouldn't it be nice to have a real big show in the 305 and in, in miami the magic city right we put on a big show in miami at the hard rock casino or something like that down here because they got a lot of space so yeah. i think there's a huge huge amount of opportunity um in that and uh if you the, for, for all the viewers out there you know you know, a lot of a lot of guys don't want to go because they don't feel it's safe or what have you. But I've been to a lot of these shows, and you know, there's a lot of lot of lot of they take a lot of um, what's the right word I'm using precaution again. You know, with uh, sanitizers on tables and taking you know doing all the things they need to do. Uh, but uh, you know, it's hard to keep us out of those shows, man. That's where all the action is. And if you want to grow your sports card hustle. You got to get to a show. If you're looking to buy, there's nothing like going to a show and getting heads up with somebody and, you know, and buying. And, uh, you know, we're going to do that for the next four days, man. I, I don't know if I'll sleep tonight. Yeah. So exciting. I, I heard that last show in Dallas was just a blast. The who's who of uh, who, who could make it there was there. And I heard there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of transactions going on. So that must have been a lot of fun. Okay. We, we're getting lots of questions and I'm going to try and get to, to, just about all of them guys but if i miss yours i just have to apologize and we are we are in our heads kind of tracking the one we like the most so we'll we'll figure that out rob crocker says if there's one thing that you can do at investicard that would most likely guarantee future and lasting success what would that one thing be that's a that's an interesting question edward like what's one thing that you think you could do that would uh, really cement your place in the hobby um you know, I think uh, I think the one thing is continuing to service, you know, the customer, you know, uh, continuing to service the customer with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, getting their cards back faster, whether it's offering them the, the, the partner portal that, that gives them full transparency and gives them that relationship manager that, that they can talk to. So continuing to service the customer uh, from start to finish. That's actually what I, what I was thinking when I read the question. I thought that's what you got to do. That's going to be the difference maker right there. You know, every yeah. customer is important. So good yeah. job on that one for sure. Uh, Justin Bode loves the Don Draper Mad Men picture in the background. Very good. Very good. Tiger Jordan, great to have you. Yes, better late than never. 
Andy Mack says Gretzky. Yeah, you must be a few seconds behind, but that's okay. Gretzky would be investable for sure. Beat the house says, uh, Edward, do you see ever taking your company public? I don't know. Well, I'll leave that up to the, to the, to the new, the new guys who just came on board. So, you know, uh, we got a, you know, a long way to go before, you know, any thoughts of going public, but never thought of ever owning a company that could go public. Uh, but maybe it's a goal. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, let it happen organically. It, it can yep. happen organically too, right? That yep. brings me to a question. I'm going to slip in here for you, Edward. Uh, this will be my shot at winning the card. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to win the card. <laughs> in terms of Marcus Limonis and the new partner, you're as the new partner you're bringing on, what do you see as the biggest value he's going to bring to Investicard? And and the hobby, is. do you see him bringing value to, to our hobby as a whole outside of the value he'll directly bring Investicard? Uh, maybe not in the, maybe not right away, not in the beginning. Obviously, um, I think the number one thing is, you know, credibility. Credibility is the key in, in business, and uh, you know the, the 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 consulting and thought leadership, right? Um, so that's that's I think that's the biggest thing. But from a, from a hobby perspective, you know, uh, could we come up with a product that could be great for the hobby uh, between us? You know, could we come out with you know a cheaper product for kids that maybe you know you go to these stores right now and they're always out of cards the kids can't even get any cards you know and maybe maybe there's an opportunity to create a, a cheaper brand you know partner up with panini and create a cheaper brand to sell in all the big box stores or what have you so you know things like that um that could be great for the hobby um that's yeah his his retail reach, his distribution reach, is something that could really be uh, leverageable. I'd have to think. So it'd be interesting to sure. see how that's uh, exploited, if you will. Justin Bode reminds everybody to like and subscribe. I appreciate that, Justin. Again, we got we got ninety people in the room right now. If you're new, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. Thanks to Edward for bringing some people, some fans of his page over here. I appreciate y'all. Feel free to subscribe and come on back every Saturday night. Happy to have you. We just hit two thousand subscribers live last saturday that was a lot of fun uh you are welcome beat the house dj lazy jeff says the catch 22 for psa is that the growth in the hobby is a good thing but it will also add to the backlogs and wait time yeah it's kind of one of those good problems to have right j rod says top shot seems to me like you're paying for youtube clips just can't do it the only difference is you can't sell a youtube clip but you can sell a top shot clip Let's keep on moving. My local, my local LCS, Mike from Eastridge says, with the majority of hockey collectors being in Canada, do you see an increase in popularity in the U.S. lately? And what sport do you see being the next real breakout? Good question, Mike. What do you say to that, Edward? Yeah, hockey is, you know, you know, it's 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 like, you know, fourth on the list, right? And we, we've just recently seen some surge in hockey cards and some of the goats like Gretzky, of course, and uh, Mario Lemieux um, and some of the older veterans. Um, I know that uh, I wish I would have kept the Yami Yager PSA 10s that I had that I was selling on my shows. Um, I bought a big lot of them and uh, we sold them all. And now, you know, now they're back, now they're up. But um, uh, yeah, I think there's huge opportunity in hockey cards um, in the US, um, especially, especially with some of the hotter players, right? Um, his last question was, uh, what's the, what's, what's the next sport that could break out? Well, I mean, 
I think you, I've seen some stuff on UFC, right? I mean, it seems like, you know, there's, they're gaining some popularity there with UFC cards. Um, I think also there's, there's some opportunity if we go away from sports, but and I wish I had them here in front of me. I don't um, with like, you know, rock cards. And I have, I bought a big amount of them. I've been holding them. Uh, when I say rock cards, it could be the Rolling Stones. It could be, you know, the who it could be journey. It could be, there are rock cards that are made from, you know, the fifties and sixties Beatles cards, the Beatles. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, I, I bought, I bought Beatles cards and Elvis Presley cards for nothing. We're talking about the goats of rock and roll. And I, I and I've got them graded up in PSA. And again, it's, it's sort of on the back burner, but I, I want to start promoting that. I want to start marketing that because I think there's a market out there. It's a, it's a different uh, genre of, of people that could, that we could sell to. Uh, and it's exciting. Everyone loves music. So um, it's not sports, but uh, that's my take on maybe another, and you can find those on eBay. If you type in, you know, uh, you know, Mick Jagger, you type in the Beatles, you'll see the PSA graded cards, but they're slowly, st slowly yeah. getting some traction. So I, Elvis, I think Pre that Elvis Presley movie coming out. Remember, I told you this, the Elvis Presley movies coming out. They delayed it. It's probably going to be about another year and a year and a half. There you go. Go and buy Elvis Presley cards. I think you're on to something, man. I think you're on to something right there. I love that answer, by the way. Uh, Jordan Hagedorn, who was my guest on episode 50 back in September, NFL agent. He says, hey, Eddie, you've branded yourself well in the hobby. If you were commissioner of the hobby, what would you put in place to help keep things on track? It's mm. a good that's one. Too much, man. That's too much pressure for me, man. I don't, well, you know, to be to be to be commissioner. Uh, you know, I I think you know maybe it goes towards you know the uh, you know the wax side of you know the wax side, and probably trying to manage that a lot better. Where not not only just the breakers and the case breakers are getting all the product right, uh, and and the LCSs are just left on the back backside getting one one case here or one case there and maybe eliminating all these distributors that are hoarder, hoarding these this product and holding them in warehouses right and you know holding them and, and until they go up or what have you and I think commissioning that would be you know a, a key thing and I'd probably eliminate most of the distributors and um, and help out the LCSs you know, a lot more, get more product because at the end of the day, that's where it's at. People are walking into stores and they can't find product. How can we grow the hobby? How can we, how can, how can a kid or a child or someone that's getting into the hobby walk into an LCS and there's no merchant, there's no, there's no product because yeah. it was all bought out or what have you. So um, that's where I would lean my attention and building out a better process there, you know, with the bigger companies like Panini and some of those uh, you know, some of those other, you know, card companies like tops and upper deck and stuff. So there you go. We, so that, that's a bit of a precursor to one of the questions we ask in the sports cards live five at the end of, sh of the show. So you got to think of a new answer for that question four, which is oh. what we do to, if you could change something in the hobby, what would it be? You, you got to come up with another one for that, Edward, but we'll come back to that later. Another question here. We got, we got a few more here. We got Lee Haskins says, do you think the national card show will give another boost to the card hobby and bring in more hobbyists? 1000%. Good. Good answer. I mean, I, one, I think, so. one, one I think thousand percent. 
I think we're going to see a lot of hobbyists that are going to bring in their curious friends and family who are going to say, oh, there's you're going to that card show again? Yeah, I think I want to come check it out. I've been seeing a lot of action on this. And we're going to see a lot of people coming and dipping their toes in for the first time. That's something I'm predicting. What, what do you think? You think I'm onto something there? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's already been happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was just today. Uh, if you saw one of my videos, I took a drive to meet a partner, called us up, has all, a bunch of cards. He's been investing in sports cards. And we're talking some really nice stuff. And doesn't know what his next move is. Wants to get a little liquid, right? Doesn't want to go through the whole process. I went and met him in Bell Harbor, Florida, Bell Harbor, and we were sitting in the lobby and we were going through his cards and Zion this, Ja that, Mike Trout rookies stacked up and Fernando Tatis rookies stacked up. And we're sitting in the lobby and one guy comes through and says, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but are you are you looking at sports cards there? Are you dealing in sports cards? Because I just got into it. And of course, that conversation come up. He went into the elevator a little bit later. We're, 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 we're you know, putting a deal together and I'm, you know, um, next guy comes in. Are you guys, is that sports cards there? Man, oh man, I've been seeing so much stuff on it and this and, this and that. You know, maybe you can give me some advice. And, and I, I've been wanting to, to buy cards. I'm seeing all this and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it became like two leads just by sitting in a lobby, right? It's, it's crazy. It's it's just the, the, the enormous amount of coverage that sports cards are getting, uh, whether it be, it, you know, that Mickey Mantle that just sold for over $5 million or, or the LeBron James or the Giannis. It's the next, what's the next card? The next record break. Tom Brady, just right, 550,000. Yeah. Just yesterday, you know, I think, or the day before, yeah. And and, and funny me, I'm 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 trying I'm thinking about purchasing that card, you know, on you know, and put it in, in you know a few hours before I'm on the phone trying to put the pieces together to to, to try and purchase the card, and we're trying to project on what the price is going to be, and we're and and we want to be somewhere around that three fifty or three seventy five range or what have you, and and it goes for almost double. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it's crazy, just crazy. Yeah, lot, lot, lots of records being broken every day right now, it seems like. All right, we're going to do a few more questions, guys. We're going to call off the questions. I see the last one is from Joe Perot at 923. So we're a few minutes uh, behind on the questions, but we're going to cut them off in terms of the giveaway, guys. So thank you, everybody, for your questions. We will talk more about that a little bit later, but we're going to get through the ones that we still have here, Eddie. So we've got Jared Cheese Gaming says... Continuing on the app line of discussion, eBay is the best place to sell cards right now. Do you think you can build up your own platform like eBay just for cards where you can sell partner cards and more? I think, you know, anything is possible. But, however, how much is it going to cost? And, um, you know, it, it's tough to get the, 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 the coverage of eyes that you get on eBay, right? You, you, you know, it, it just amazes me. And I know a lot of people complain about the fees and this and that. I'm just the opposite. I think that I'm I'm getting a bargain by being able to put my card on eBay and you're going to charge me, you know, 10 or 11% and I'm going to have thousands of people see this, right? That are credible that are going to buy it. I look at it at huge value. I would probably pay 20% and hopefully eBay doesn't hear this, but I mean, um I, I think it's tough to build your own platform. I see a lot of other companies out there, you know, look look there's a lot of other platforms out there. You know, uh, PWCC has been doing this for a long, long time. Super smart, very successful. They got the best of the best of the best cards that always go on their platform. Um, 
you know, uh, so, and, and they haven't launched their own platform, right? There's a reason for it, right? Because it's, it costs too much to build, to, 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 you know, to, 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 to build that customer base up and the amount of eyes that they get to see it. So, yeah. um, but anything is possible. And, and I, I know there are some smaller platforms out there that are, you know, live now and they're selling and stuff like that, but are they doing real numbers? And they, they constantly pitch us to put our product on there. And, um, I, uh, and I guess we'll get into the live shows because this question is a good lead in to, you know, us not only selling on eBay and what happened to me on eBay and what brought me to the point where I got to control my own destiny. And if I'm going to do it, let's sell live just like QVC or something like that. Yeah. So let, let's do that. I just want to, I just want to say that I, I agree with you, Edward. I mean, eBay has more eyeballs than anybody in the world combined. As far as sports cards, we've got the ComC platform. We've got the Starstock platform. There's a couple of others, I'm sure, but eBay is it's the it's the market leader by by a mile. So I don't blame you. I think you're better off to leverage that platform and not even bother with your own. Great question, Jared Cheese Gaming. That gave us some good discussion. I'm going to put you in the running for the prize. Okay, so. Uh, Colin Murray wants to let us know that the expo in Toronto will happen first for big shows. That's one of my favorite shows in Toronto, usually in May and November outside of COVID. Before we get on to the rest of the questions that came, Edward, let's do talk about your Instagram shows because you do a couple shows. You do your you do your Investicard Live. You do what you call um, high stakes slabs, I think you call it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about these? Because you do consider these to be selling platforms yeah so obviously you know instagram is powerful uh you see what we've done we've built up a pretty good brand and uh, um uh we were selling a lot on ebay and uh you know uh we, we got to a point where we were selling too much on ebay and they restricted us we couldn't list anymore because we were listing too much and we, we weren't at that level yet so we had to go through a whole you know review now here i am right i have an office with people and we got partner submissions coming in and ebay says you can't sell anymore this month horrible horrible business practice that's the position that uh, that i was in right going back several months ago and uh you have to go for a review you got to speak to this person and this person and it takes up to 30 days or whatever they said 14 to 8 20 days okay so um, I can't be in a position where I got to, where I cannot sell. We're a sales organization. And at that point in time, you know, after speaking to a couple people at over there and I said, this is what it is. You got to wait for the review process. I said, okay, I'll wait. And the next day, you know, uh, you know, sitting on the balcony of my, you know, uh, house here. And I said, you know, I'm not going to let, I got to control my own destiny and I'm going to start my own show and sell live. And, um, I didn't see any, I, there, I didn't see really anybody doing, there's one other person that actually does sell live on eBay, does a fantastic job with it. And, um, I saw that there was some opportunity there and, uh, for us to do it a little bit differently. And we created, I said, well, let, let's create a show where we can give the buyer, you know, a deal under eBay. So we created invest a lots, the invest a lot show where, um, it wasn't just singles. It was all lots, lots of one, lots, I mean, lots of two, lots of four or five. And, you know, we're used to buying stuff in quantity 
and we grade a lot of cards and I buy a lot of multiple stuff. So we get a lot of stuff back from grading. Uh, we created that because I wanted to control my own destiny. We turned on the lights. We went live from the Invest-A-Lot show uh, uh, probably about three months ago or so. And we started selling and I couldn't believe, you know, the amount, the response that we got each and every week, we got bigger and bigger uh, sales got, you know, we were breaking records each and every week. And I said, we're onto something here. This is almost like QVC or something. We can, you know, uh, people love the interaction. Uh, we put up an item and, you know, we comp all the cards out the day before the, the day of, and we announced the comp and then we sell it at a discount. Uh, so, um, and we had, you know, Sales on the Invest-A-Lot show as much as, you know, on one single sale, as much as almost $30,000, you know, for a LeBron James lot that we sold, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I saw a huge opportunity there. We've been growing that out. Uh, we're creating another brand new show called High Stakes Slabs. Uh, every slab, uh, it's like walking into a high stakes, you know, room at the at the casino. You know, you, you know you, the, the tables are either, you know, hundred or five hundred dollars or more um, it's not for everybody uh, but uh, every slab is five hundred dollars or more high stake slabs um, it's all going to be below eBay and a little bit different vibe to the show uh, with the attire and we're gonna add some entertainment to the show and we're gonna go live for you know a few hours and we're gonna sell a lot of slabs um, so that that's that's one of our you know, other shows that we're producing. The Invest-A-Lot show is every Monday night live on Instagram. Uh, we haven't set a date for the high stakes lab. And then we also are uh, launching Invest-A-Break, which is another live, you know, uh, just like everyone else that's ripping live on Instagram, uh, where, where we tested out some Invest-A-Breaks. But again, a little bit different twist. Um, we're doing what we call partner breaks, uh, where you can syndicate in on a box if we have a thousand dollar box, uh, we might sell four spots, four partners where maybe Investacart owns 25% and we all, we sell off the other 25% to three other people. So all four of us own the box. We're gonna rip the box. Whatever big hits come out of the box, they're gonna go directly to PSA to get graded and come back and get sold, right? Um, and then the partners themselves have the opportunity to, if one of the partners wants to buy out the rest of them when they come back from grading, they'll have first crack at it, right? Um, so try and do things outside the box where you're just not, you know, buying into a break and you're getting three random teams and you strike out, right? And that's one of the, the things that, you know, that uh, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, so I wanted to create something where we would all be, we own the whole box. Where every pack that we open, we're slapping hands if we, if we hit something big, just like we, you know, so... Um, that's invest a break and, uh, Kevin is going to be running that show. A lot of people know Kevin on our show, uh, and he is going to be having his own show, uh, and he's going to be doing that several times a week. Hopefully we'll get to a point where we'll have a live breaking show every night of the week. We're investing currently right now in wax. So we're building up a big, nice, juicy wax inventory, and it's going to be really exciting. We're not just going to do modern stuff. We're going to do you know, 2003 Topps Chrome, 1980 Topps Basketball, where you can pull a doc, you know, Julius Irving, Larry Bird, and all that's going to be done with the partner break. So if you're a partner, uh, you got to be a partner to be involved in the partner breaks. Um, so all you got to do is just sign up to become a partner. And uh, 
that's where we're heading over there. So I went a little bit long on that. That's okay, man. You got a lot to talk about there. You're doing three shows on Instagram. You've got your platform, you know, you're, you're the, I think it's exciting, man. I think it's exciting. And I think you found a niche for yourself. So congratulations on that. We're going to run through the rest of the questions that we had, and then we're going to do the last, the last two segments. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Fire sports card says Edward will invest a card, have a realized price database. So the potential future partners see what kind of, what, see what their cards might sell for if they use your service. Fire sports cards, man. That is a great question to have, my brother, man. I uh, love that question. Um, that's, you know, uh, just came from a meeting tonight with, with the, you know, CTO and, 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 and someone else from uh, the new partner side, the, the Marcus Lamonis side. Um, and uh, they're going to help us. Our main goal is to, uh, you know, track the data. It's all about the data and to be able for us to be able to predict what the, projected value is going to be uh, and what type of leverage we have when we send cards out to grading and where the market is at and in, in real time. And we're going to automate that, uh, you know, in our system. So great question. And yes, 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 yes. A hundred percent. Yes. The partners are going to have an opportunity to uh, view that data and uh, be part of the whole entire, you know, the same thing that we're looking at. So yes, hundred percent. Uh, okay. might take, might take a little time. Uh, you know how the tech stuff works, but that's the goal. Yes. It's, uh, well, probably I would say, you know, number two or three on the list. I think data is very important in the hobby right now. There are data services out there and it might be even worthwhile to look at some of the other ones out there and see if there's an opportunity there for you to have your data as part of their databases, even, uh, just to, just to, you know, lead on fire sports cards. Um, and we are uh, we currently use uh, the market mover uh, sports card investor market mover product. So uh, we're doing a strategic deal with them to where we're going to offer that out to our partners. If you get signed up to the partnership program uh, and you send in a submission, uh, you will either get, you know, depending on the time that you sign up, we're giving out one, two and three months of free service to that to our partners. Another added value. So you'll be able to try that out because I think the platform is amazing. We use it every day. The buyers, I use it, the buyers use it. Um, so, um, and, uh, but at some point we obviously we want to try and, you know, build something on our own to where our partners can utilize it. But for, for right now, I think utilizing that is the best thing on the market, the market mover, just shout out to the market mover there. Yeah, that's Jeff Wilson from Sports Card Investor, who yep. was on this was on this show in your seat right there back in I believe it was November. A great yep. guest we had on. I'll yep. also shout out we got the we got the Card Ladder guys. They do they have their product as well, which is a similar I don't know similar but different. I guess you could say there are some op there are some options out there, and uh, you know what that is that is important right now. So I, I I'm happy to hear that you're looking to leverage yours as well. Uh, I like this. Your brother Charlie says, Jimmy Hendrix, there's someone to invest in. 90s hockey collector. Good evening to you. DJ Lazy Jeff says, I live in Ontario and buy from Eastridge Sports Cards. Love the handwritten thank you notes in the ship box. Very nice. Joe Perot says, does Edward have an idea of the general type of customer that Investic Card serves? Or would he say it's a pretty wide array of folks who use his services? How well does he get to know his customers? Great question, Joe. That's a good question there, Joe. Uh, wide range, you know, it goes from, you know, somebody that is, you know, um, that's, you know, that, that 
and with I don't mean any disrespect, that lazy investor that maybe just wants to buy and doesn't want to deal with all the eBay service and sending their cards out to some group or sending them to PSA themselves and just wants to, you know, have something turnkey. That is one of our customers there. And then again, somebody that's maybe been investing or collecting for like the last several years and they've built up a, a, an inventory and now they want to see how they can get liquid and where's the best spot to sell it and who am I going to trust with these cards? So someone that is very, you know, high up on the market and someone that, you know, wants to partner up with us that we can work, you know, heads up on. And yes, I, I work with my, I work with a lot of partners personally. I take great pride in jumping on the phone with partners personally myself each and every day. And uh, the relationship managers that we have, I tell them every day, you know, each of them are supposed to set some type of a, you know, call up at least one or two calls up for me a day where we can speak to a partner and I can reach out personally. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you, 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 in all my businesses, I've always been that way. You know, we want to be able to talk to the customer, you know, myself and, uh, especially in a, in, maybe in a tough situation too, where they have some issues or, or what have you. So. Very cool. Good answer. Good answer. Thanks for the question. Joe Luke says, yes, music cards. I want a guitar legends prism. I hear that. Mm. Steve, sir, more cowbell, more mm. cowbell, Steve, sir. More cowbell. Thank you very much for noticing. Imagine nice. a Jimi Hendrix guitar string relic card, right? That would be cool. Like a guitar pick or a drums, something from a drumstick would be really neat. Aaron Rasmus says, Jeff from sports card investor and his whole staff was on YouTube live tonight. Great content again. And Talked a bunch of hockey. Very good to hear. I'll have, you know, I'm in Canada, Edward, and I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. I collect all sports, but hockey is probably the, definitely the biggest component of my collection. So I love to know that some of the, 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 the influencers in the hobby are talking about hockey because we sometimes feel like we're that redheaded stepchild or we're an afterthought. You know, it's like there are four major sports in North America. We got to keep in mind hockey's in there. So give it the attention it deserves, everybody. You'll get my good books anyway. Not that you care, but you will. You will. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for your questions and comments. We got to the end of them just now for the first time tonight. I've got well, I've got five, one, two, three, four. I've got five names written down, Edward, of people who asked questions that I thought were among the better ones. We'll deliberate after we close off the episode tonight, guys. We'll come up with the winner. Edward and I will talk about how we're going to announce it again. I apologize that we came up with this last minute. Edward very generously offered to do a giveaway, and we had about half a minute to figure out how to do it. So that's why we're doing it the way we are. But we will figure it out, and we will try to award it to the person that we feel was asking the most engaging questions. So that'll happen. Let's move on now, Edward, to the closing segments. The first one is called the Sports Cards Live 5. That's where I'm going to ask you five questions. It's not rapid fire, but there are five questions that I want to hear your thoughts on. The question number one, what is the favorite card in your personal collection? Uh, Joe Namath, rookie card, 1965 tops. Graded or raw? Graded. Uh, oh. I've got a few of them. So highest grade is probably a, uh, it, I think it's a six. Okay. Question two, what is your highest priority want card that you will end up acquiring one day? Uh, poof, well, highest priority. Um, I would say, uh, a, uh, Mickey Mantle 1952 tops. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I think Great. Graded 10. There's only three of them out there. So you'll probably get one. Okay. 
Third question, where's your favorite place to buy cards? Uh, 100% at a at a card show. Same here. Easy one. Question four. All was similarly asked by Jordan Hagedorn early tonight. If you could change one thing about the hobby, what would it be? Oh, oh. Um, I would say, uh, you know, whew. I would say the price is on wax. Okay. Hey, I mean, fair, fair comment. Fair comment. And the last question, what is your biggest hobby purchase or sale regret? My biggest hobby purchase sale, um, or sale regret or what purchase or sale. So a card you sold too early or a card that you bought too high, that kind of thing. Uh, probably my biggest regret has been, uh, yeah, the, probably, uh, the LeBron James tops Chrome, rookies that i that i that i've sold and over the last probably year psa yeah fair enough those things have exploded i remember they were they they were sitting around the ten thousand mark they jumped up to 15 they came back down to 10 now they're at 30 just it's just crazy all right thank you for participating in the sports cards live five the next segment i like to do is called the pc card of the day it's where i show a card from my personal collection that relates to my guest everybody this one, we just talked about it, Edward. This is a, one of my favorite cards in my collection. This is my Joe Namath PSA 6 Tops Rookie from 1965. It's a tall boy. It's one of the prettiest tall boys. I love the, the bright, vibrant yellow background. I wanted to make sure that when I picked up one of these cards, Edward, I did not want the butterfly stamp on his hand. I think that's, a, that, that, that's just a, a mark that doesn't need to be there. I wanted a clean copy. And uh, I was waiting Tough for a to nice find those centered. It's right. That's what I was going to say. I was waiting for a nice centered six. And I think I found myself a very nice centered six. I probably bought this five years ago. I've had it for a while. So yeah, love well, this card. Yeah. It's got the, not the old, not the newest uh, uh, PSA label on it, but it did, did have the hologram when they brought those on at the, it starts with a two six on this, uh, on this serial number. So you want to sell it? No. <laughs> Not for sale, not for sale. But I, you mentioned to me the other day that uh, Joe Namath is one of your favorite athletes of all time. I thought, well, a perfect opportunity for me to show off my Joe Namath rookie card that I'm very proud of, I must say. All right, we're going to run through the final comments that have, that, have, uh, that have come in here, Edward, while we've been chatting, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So Blake Fletcher, welcome, says, Eddie, do you personally prefer mosaic or prism for NBA cards? Prism. Steve Sir says, have you ever thought of a service to take care of someone's collection posthumously, like a will of sorts? No, oh, it's a good idea, but, you know, yeah, I mean, listen, it's definitely a good idea. Uh, yeah. I never thought about it, but it's a good idea. Yeah, th there's, there's a need for that, I would say. Jared says, no, please, one last question above. We did it. Uh, behind the tank says hard to not notice hockey results from PWCC last night. Remember when paying forty five thousand for a Lemieux Opeachy PSA ten was crazy ten two months ago, right? That was with uh, Heritage, I believe. That was on Heritage or one of the other ones. I think it was Heritage. Uh, and now eighty grand last night. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people with a lot of money with eyes on the hobby right now. Colin Murray, I might have missed you already, but ciao to you. Hope you had a good night, Aaron. Great questions and answers in the live five. Thank you very much. Edward is salivating. He's enjoying this, busting out the heat. Thank you. A true salesman. I mean, hey, we're all salesmen. 
And Get Swifty says, is there too much hype on LaMelo Ball? What do you think, Edward? Too much hype on LaMelo Ball or just right? I think just right. I think he's, you know, he looks like a, sometimes looks like a young Magic Johnson out there, the way he passes. Um, just today, we, we just got back probably about 25 or 30 LaMelo Ball draft pick PSA 10s. We're getting ready to, they're going to be up for sale soon. But I think just, you know, just, just enough hype, you know, on that. Uh, going back to the Lamaria Lemieux, one of the cards that was in that lot that I sold to uh, to uh, at the 2019 National was a, a PSA 10 Opeachy Mario Lemieux, and I bought it probably in 2000 and late 2018. So go back and look and see what the price was then and what it's selling for now. Yeah, yeah, I probably you're probably paid eight, between eight and ten grand for it back then, and now it's uh, less. Less. That's even, yeah, crazy, crazy. A couple more questions coming in. Jared says, uh, are you ever going to do a low-stakes slab show of 200 or less for young investors like me to be able to participate and invest Great in question. sports cards? Uh, in the works. Great question. Um, in the works. We get that a lot. Uh, definitely going to try and put something together. Uh, maybe, and we're thinking somewhere like, you know, like in a Saturday afternoon type deal, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so... Great question. Yeah, it's in the works. Speaking of Saturday afternoon shows, I'll give a shout out to the Hobby Hotline show on YouTube, everybody. It streams live Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'm one of the co one of the guest hosts on it, along with Brian Gray from Leaf Trading Cards, Dr. James Beckett from Beckett. Uh, the three of us, among others, we guest host on there once a month. I'll be guest hosting this Saturday coming up, 11 a.m. Eastern every morning on the YouTube channel that is called Hobby hotline check that out everybody again thank you we're going to do a couple more comments final words from edward but i want to thank everyone who has joined us i know you come in and out of the show so welcome to the channel sports cards live i'm live every saturday night with the best guests on any show in the hobby they come here and we bring them to you so be sure to check it out if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel please do hit that thumbs up button and all those things that help us youtubers out we appreciate it Terry Fortune says, you referenced selling your partner's cards on different platforms. How do you decide where to sell? And do you have any investor type buyers that you offer cards to exclusively? So it could be a long answer. So try and just maybe answer the last part, Edward. Any any buyers that you offer cards to exclusively? Um, you know, I, 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 not currently. We, we may not offer it exclusively. Maybe we offer the participation exclusively to certain partners if we have a card that comes in that we want to uh, syndicate on and do that. Um, the other platforms, um, if the card comes in, if we don't, we're either going to sell the card, the partner card on eBay, or it's going to be sold on one of our live shows. And yes, the relationship manager will work with the partner on that. Uh, sometimes if the card, if we don't get the right price on the live show, it'll immediately go on to eBay and vice versa or something. So uh, those are the two platforms. Uh, that we use eBay and our own, the, yeah. the the live Instagram shows. Awesome. Justin Bode says, Messier and Borco Pichi rookie cards, PSA 10, raising the ceiling last night, 22 to 25K. I was watching those, and yeah, big money on those. I mean, you could have got those for 10% of that a couple of years ago, but hey, that that's a common theme in the hobby right now. That's not news to any of you. Uh, Weibo2 says, is there any significance to the wall art behind Eddie? Will there be an Investa-Cigar someday? <laughs> we, we like to smoke our cigars, but uh, no real, you know, I picked these up, you know, four, you know, six, five, six years ago. I saw them and I liked it and 
you know, it's, it's a little bit of mystique. It's that guy at the bar, you know, having a cigar and the other, and the woman sitting there and the martini in her hand, but you know, it's no nice invested card cigars as of yet. Nice wallet. I, I like it. Aaron Rasmus, VIP guest for Hobby Hotline. Yeah, check that out tomorrow morning. Steve, sir, thanks for joining. Jared says, thanks, Eddie. Great show. What time are you live on Saturday? I go live Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern every Saturday with a different guest. That's when we're here, Jared. Subscribe and come back. I hope to see you again. Fire Sports Cards, great show. Thank you for joining Fire Sports Cards. It was great to have you. Edward, final comments from you. And I'd like you to maybe just talk about what you, what you see in the hobby moving forward. Uh, you know, I think I, I see, you know, huge opportunity in the hobby. I think we're, we're, you know, it's just at the beginning and I think there's a long, long, long way to grow and it's not, it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, you know, more and more people are coming into it. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's a real asset class. I think it, uh, you know, it's super liquid and, uh, and super fun to invest in, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, we're investing in stocks and, and other things that are not exciting, but sports cards, man, it's fun to invest in. Um, and I think that for those that are watching out there, that want to get into the sports card business and are thinking about building some type of a business with it. Um, I would say try and come up with something that's creative and trying to create a service that no one else is doing uh, or if, or no one else is doing, you know, correctly, but come up with something outside the box that you can provide some value and a service. Um, if you're looking to, you know, getting and starting a sports card business uh, that's a, uh, you know, that's, that, that's where I would lend to, I think um, uh, I appreciate you having me on the show, Jeremy. Uh, super knowledge from you. A lot of fun being on here. Um, we've been on almost two hours. I didn't think I was gonna go two hours, but you know, hey, listen, when you're having fun and it's entertaining, and um, uh, you're you're uh, you're a good host. So thank you. Pre I appreciate appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it too. So I want to remind everybody, guys, give my guy, give my boys at the Big Three Sports Cards a follow on Instagram at the Big Three Hockey. Check out Basketball Card Fanatic magazine, an awesome magazine that comes out from the Real 27 guy. Give them a check out. Upcoming episodes this Saturday, Brett McGrath from Stacking Slabs. I also do an after-hour show, a late show on Saturday. My guest is going to be Chris from the Vegas Finds 777 YouTube channel. He's big into NBA Top Shot, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Two Saturdays from now, Mike Fruitman from the famous Mike Stadium LCS. It's a, he's a card shop. He's been around for a long time. He's going to be on. We're going to take that LCS view. Check that out. Last comments coming in. Jamwell, thank you so much. It was great to have you watching us. Foul five ball. Great to have you as always. Aaron reminds people, hit the like button. Joe Pro says, thanks. Great show. Look forward to hearing and experiencing more about Investicard. All right, everybody. Edward, thank you for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Great guest. Great platform. We we appreciate it. And if you want to join the partnership program, go to investacard.com, go to the partner section, just fill out the little form. Um, you'll get a, you know, a partner pack, complete the agreement. We'll assign a relationship manager to you. Um, and you can send in from, from one card to no maximum of cards. As long as the cards get approved for the projected value, uh, we will get them graded and get them sold for you. So um, if you ever need any help, reach out to us. I'm always welcome. I'm always willing to jump on a phone call with any of our partners. So we appreciate the time uh, being on here. All right, Edward. Thanks again, everybody. Everybody, thanks again and good night. We will see you on Saturday.